So a little bit about today, it's going to be a little bit different. I'll be speaking about vulnerability in our community. Um, and then we'll get to the scripture and then we'll do a faith exercise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but first, I just want to be vulnerable with you all right now and to ask you to look at my hair. Do you see my hair? Well, for the, most of you know that I am biracial and black and white. And my whole life, I've struggled with textured hair because different parts of my hair are different textures and dealing with the dryness of it and all that stuff. And so I would always need to put products in my hair after I wash up to put something in it to sort of like manipulate the curls and make it look like kind of okay. But the products would only work for so long before my hair kind of is like, you know what, you need to try something else. It's not working. So it's just been a journey. Well, during this pandemic, I've decided, like a lot of us, to just not do a whole lot with my hair. I've decided to simply wash it, simply wash and condition. And here it is. Here's the miracle. I don't get it. My hair is looking better than it ever has. I've completely stripped my hair of all this stuff and it's looked healthier because of it. And it just got me thinking about the health of the church and what needs to be stripped in order to see more health in us. Before I define vulnerability, I'm gonna share how people might approach the subject of vulnerability. Some people see vulnerability as an opportunity for oversharing, for breaking social boundaries. Um, maybe like, you know, when you think about a person sitting next to you on the, at the bus, you know, in the bus and they're just, you know, maybe they're just oversharing a little too much. Others might view it as an opportunity for abuse or um, to become manipulated um, or like for being exposed or just not feeling safe. But I like the following definition by well-known author, professor, and speaker, Brene Brown. She defines vulnerability not as weakness, but as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. In the article, Don't Worship Vulnerability at the Altar, I quote, vulnerability is not simply unburdening yourself in confession or having a tell-all session with someone. Rather, it's exposing yourself to risk for the sake of others. It's sharing your struggles, but also speaking truth in love. Jesus offers us a model of vulnerability, not as emotional release or pious performance, but as risk-taking for the good of others. He did this in ordinary acts. He walked dusty roads, got tired, rebuked abuses of power, and touched leopards and bleeding women. Jesus was most vulnerable when he bore our sin in suffering, humiliation, pain, and alienation from God the Father on the cross, but he did it for the joy set before him, despising the shame. He made himself vulnerable to purchase our redemption. Jesus shows us that vulnerability is so much more than individual emotional unburdening. Vulnerability exists for the good of the community. When understood rightly, Vulnerability can be a powerful tool to bring many into God's kingdom, a kingdom where we can risk everything for others because Jesus risked everything for us. The title of kind of this sermon is 
sharing your vulnerability and God's great ability is what the world needs to hear. I'm just going to say it one more time. Sharing your vulnerability and God's great ability is what the world needs to hear. I feel like the American church has kind of been doing it the opposite for a while. We share our great abilities because of God's vulnerability. And yes, to a degree that is true. We're redeemed, we're purchased, we're a new creation, and we're fully loved. But what's also prone to manifest is also this mentality of like, I'm super strong and I have this great platform. I have incredible sound, video, audio, everything's fine, forever it will be fine mentality. It's just not working. Because in terms of growing together, equipping one another, and sharing our stories for the sake of the gospel, for giving God glory and drawing others who are far near, and basically looking like the early church. As brothers and sisters, there's an element of vulnerability that is required that we now have an opportunity to tap into, believe it or not. We can't really mask the pain. Too soon? We can't put on our Sunday clothes, right? We're literally in our homes right now. But how do we get to a point where we're sharing both our vulnerability and God's great ability in order to grow, equip, and encourage the health of the church? Well, first, you examine your heart. You examine your heart with God. Jesus was the perfect demonstration of the need to commune with the Father. You name what feels off. Are you currently brokenhearted? Are you concerned about tomorrow? Name it. The more honest you are with someone, the closer you'll be. This someone is Emmanuel, God with us, meaning he already knows. He knows what you need. He knows what we need before we need it. And he's near the brokenhearted. He's not far. So examine your heart and first be vulnerable with God. Second, share your vulnerability with the church. A woman from our Monday night group this week shared how she had a class assignment where she got to go to an AA meeting and she shared how life-changing it was. This non-Christian environment showing so many elements of Christianity, so loving and giving and encouraging, full of brokenness and healing. And we, we all kind of determined that you can't absorb all the good stuff that, the, that God has to offer, that the church is supposed to offer without starting in humility, like literally walking in it. Pride is the intimacy killer. Imagine showing up to an AA meeting and acting like, oh, I got this, I'm good. And we all know those people are missing out simply because of that attitude. And yet that's often how we approach our American churches. It makes me wonder if we're, putting, if we're putting too many things on instead of stripping things off for the health of the church. Jesus said, come as you are. Don't be afraid of altering your story just because things fell off the rails 10 years ago, five years ago, one month ago. Part of my story is I got divorced at 29 years old. Is my story no longer valid? This is what people think and wonder. And this is what hides the body of Christ from shining. 
And we need to break that now. And we can. Because we each have great victories to share from dark seasons. And it's time to expand these boundaries and share them. And I will just say, you are not canceled because you screwed up or things didn't go as perfectly as planned in your life. The true gospel is that it's Christ's blood that covers us, not our good works, which are as filthy rags, by the way. We are redeemed, and that applies to every single person. Now, I know the first two um, thoughts are, you know, everyone is pretty much has down and I'm not um, pointing any fingers. Um, but this third one is, I think, especially an important step that I'm going to follow up with a faith exercise. The third thing is invite and share God's great ability in the midst of your vulnerability. Invite and share God's great ability in the midst of your vulnerability. Our MO as believers is to stir up faith with one another, faith in God, so that when we share in faith, others will see this is a faith thing. This isn't about me, it's about my need for God every single day and his incredible intimate communion every step of the way basically just looking like Jesus. That's what this is about. Invite and share God's great ability in the midst of your vulnerability. Similar to the 12 steps, as the body of Christ, if we are consistently both vulnerable and aware of God's power each step of the way, more people will be drawn to hear the truth. More people will be drawn to the gospel. Also, more believers will stop wrestling with the lie of needing to be perfect and will just simply open their hearts as God has called them to. I will tell everyone about your righteousness all day long. I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. Kids Church just demonstrated this, right? God sightings. What an incredible foundation for us to tap into this morning. That, that childlike faith of basically sharing anything worthy of praise, speak on it, identify it, name it. Just like we name the things that are heavy on our hearts, we then name God's movement. I have a headache. I prayed and God came through. God healed my head. What an, what an incredible story. Share what he's revealing. He's in the story. In fact, he's very much at the center of the whole thing. So what's your hurt today? What's keeping you up at night? What story are you in the middle of right now? And are you comfortable with the risk of sharing both your vulnerability and God's great ability? So to recap, one, examine your heart name the struggles, big and small, and invite Jesus into them. Second, invite the family of God into them. Let us be the hands and feet of Christ to one another as we're called and equipped to be. And lastly, share God's great ability in the midst of your vulnerability. Practice opening up and letting God's great testimony come in. 
Since the theme today is vulnerability and examining our stories, we're going to do an exercise with our passage of scripture this week. I'm going to read through the scripture one time, and then um, there's going to be three prompts. We'll then break out as usual, and you'll discuss the prompts, share your observations, and then I'm going to challenge you to take it one step further. We're going to share, how does this story apply to my story? What is God showing me? And I would encourage you to create a couple lines of a testimony that you can either post in the chat or share out loud when we return. You can be as vulnerable as possible, as, as you're comfortable, because this should be a space to say, hey, I'm really struggling with depression, but today God is showing me that I'm not alone. We need both of those things in our stories. Be specific. Lastly, you might feel like your story is not relatable, but even if it's not, it will still be remembered. And that's why we need to share. God can still use it another season for someone else. I remember when I was single, I heard a woman humbly share her story of getting a divorce. And years later, I ended up going through a divorce myself and I remembered her story. And it encouraged me because I remembered how God got her through it. And I knew, I knew because of her story that God would get me through it too. Imagine if she never shared. Maybe this whole thing is about testifying who God is in the midst of the storm so that other people going through the storm be like, oh, same God, he's gonna come through. Vulnerability exists for the good of the community. Okay, before we begin, let me fill you in on the story of Acts 12, because um, we're only reading a few of the verses. But the gist is that Peter um, was imprisoned. He was imprisoned by Herod Agrippa. Herod Agrippa wanted to be popular among the people, so he captured Peter with the intention to kill him. And Peter was in full security and bound with chains. Meanwhile, a group of people were praying for him and, and prayed for his deliverance. And in the middle of the night, he was delivered. He showed up at their doorstep and they could not believe it. Later, God actually killed Herod because he was taking credit for speaking on behalf of God. And after he died, the word of God continued to grow throughout the land. So I'm gonna encourage you to grab something to write with, a pen and paper, and we're gonna, I'm gonna say prayer and we're gonna allow Holy Spirit to speak to us as we ask these three to four questions. Um, the questions are also in the bulletin. So if you wanna get a head start, you're welcome to. Write down anything that comes to mind, any observations. Um, and I think this will be just helpful for your discussions. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to speak through your word this morning and to um, show us, show our story in this. Lord, show your story, show, show us what you're writing, show us how you're working in and through us during this time. Um, we ask for an anointing, Lord, your anointing, anoint us in boldness and proclaiming who you are in the midst of the storm. Lord, give us words to speak this morning in the name of Jesus, amen.
So I'm going to read through the passage one time, and then I'm going to ask three questions about a minute apart so you can take some time to write down your observations before we break out. Verse 5, uh, chapter 12. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. The first question I'd like you to write your answer is, what does the story say about God? <laughs> 